0: 228,000 hours, 9,940 days, 26 years of your life. That's enough to watch around 150,000 movies or sail around the world seven times. And it's a healthy average amount of sleep you should get in your lifetime. It sounds like a lot, but in fact, the world population is now generally getting less sleep than ever before. Sleeping less has to do with how when we go to bed aligns with our circadian rhythms. It affects how long you can sleep, no matter how tired you are. How easily you fall asleep is partially genetic, but then again, our genes haven't changed a lot over the past century. It also has to do with your melatonin levels. When your system doesn't produce enough of it, your brain has trouble sending you to sleep. The main reason we're getting less sleep now is our sleep hygiene. It's all about the good old healthy habits. When you eat healthy regular meals, work out, and set the right sleep patterns, you can even beat some bad genetics in that way. When you do the opposite, even the best of genetics won't help you sleep-wise. One thing that now affects our sleep hygiene, and has gotten way more pervasive during the 21st century, is light. Humans have evolved to be super sensitive to the smallest changes in light around them. You have special receptors in your eyes that respond to those changes and regulate your circadian rhythms. They send data to the brain and regulate your internal clock. This internal clock is set to help your body get ready for the coming hours and days by analyzing the amount of light. Now, the artificial light all around you and shortwave light from your gadgets confuse your natural prediction system a lot. Scientists have found it can shift your internal clock by five or six time zones. As a result, your brain gets the signal to stay alert instead of falling asleep. Running low on sleep makes most of us pretty cranky the next day but that would be the least of all evils. Next thing you know, you have trouble focusing on things and recalling details. Your brain just doesn't get enough time to properly process and store your memories for later. It also needs the right amount of time to process your emotions, recognize them, and react the proper way. When you deprive it of that time, negative emotions take over positive ones. Giving yourself enough time to rest is a contribution to your heart health and overall balance. It's also an investment in your athletic success. Not all sports are about quick bursts of energy, but you do need energy and motivation and enough time for muscle repair, even for endurance sports like running, swimming, or biking. And if that's still not enough to convince you that sleep is all you need, Doing it for eight hours helps you get rid of around 300 calories on its own. The number differs from person to person, and the more you weigh, the larger it is. All that energy goes on fueling your essential functions, such as breathing, circulation, temperature regulation, and cellular growth and repair. When you don't get enough sleep, your body needs more energy. Since it can't get it from snoozing, it'll make you get it from food. Your hormonal levels get messed up, and your body starts producing more hunger hormone and less fullness hormone. Scientists asked healthy adults to sleep for just six hours a day for five weeks, and their resting metabolism slowed down by 8%. No fun, right? Let's see what you can do about it. It takes your body around 90 to 110 minutes to pass through all stages of sleep and restore itself completely. That's one sleep cycle. It starts with stage one of non-REM sleep. REM here stands for rapid eye movement. Everything slows down, including your eye and muscle movement. If someone wakes you up at this stage, you won't feel like you've had any sleep at all. It's normal to feel like you're falling and then have a sudden muscle contraction at this stage. Then, at stage two of non-REM sleep, your eye movement stops and your heart rate and temperature go down. Your muscles partially contract and then relax again and again. Stage three of non-REM sleep is deep sleep. Your brain produces slow waves. Your eyes and muscles aren't moving. It's not easy to wake you up. Then, about an hour after falling asleep, you pass through the REM sleep stage, when you normally see vivid dreams. So, your brain activity increases, and your sleep isn't that deep. Your major muscles, like the ones in your arms and legs, can't move. REM periods start out lasting 10 minutes, and then get longer and longer. Then, the cycle starts over at stage 1 of non-REM sleep. When you plan your bedtime, it's important that you don't break those sleep cycles and let yourself have at least five of them per night. That sums up to seven and a half hours of rest. So, if you know you'll have to wake up at 7 a.m. the next day, you gotta schedule to doze off at 11.30 p.m. Planning on setting your alarm for 8 a.m. to rise and shine and get off to work or school? Then, your optimal bedtime starts at 12.30 a.m. You got it right. It's not about the earlier the better. If you missed your bedtime for some reason, wait an hour and a half before the next cycle starts. This way, you won't wake up tired and exhausted in the middle of your sleep cycle. We've all had those days when we're so exhausted we can hardly wait to get into bed, and then sleep just won't come. Sleep experts call it conditioned or learned arousal. It's one of the most common sleep problems these days. It most likely happens because something in your sleep environment is screaming to your brain to wake you up and not make you doze off. The worst thing you can do in that situation is start scrolling through your social media feed or work emails on your laptop. First off, the blue light your gadget's screen emits restrains the production of melatonin. That hormone is in charge of your sleep-wake cycle, a.k.a. circadian rhythm. Second, the mere expectation of those work emails and prospectively bad news or more tasks to do makes you nervous. Each new message you get means another decision your brain needs to take and it has to stay active for that. That's why calming it down could take a good while When you finally put your phone aside and lay your head on the pillow to get there faster try listening to music for 25 to 60 minutes before bed it doesn't have to be beethoven and the like some other relaxing tunes like jazz or folk songs slow your heart rate and breathing and help your muscles relax when you do it regularly your brain will take it as a before bed ritual and you'll fall asleep even faster. It can also be a special sleepcast or an audiobook, as long as the narrator has a soothing voice and the story isn't shocking. The sound of frying bacon has a similar effect on your mind. It's comforting and repetitive enough to send some chilling vibes to your brain. It's perfect for falling asleep and as white noise while you're working and need to focus on something. You don't have to fry bacon before bed. Listening to a recording of it will do. Your report that's long overdue. The new person at work who seems to like you. Should you go see that movie everyone's talking about? And when will you finally sort all of your laundry? All those thoughts racing through your mind before bed won't let your brain unwind. Try getting up and writing down all of them to clear your mind of that burden. You could try putting them all in one painting or composing a poem. Another idea is making some meaningless lists in your mind. Plan what you take on a vacation on Mars, or how you decorate your restaurant. It all works. You don't really have to know how many hours you have before your alarm clock goes off, so set it and hide it from plain sight. Put it in a drawer or under your bed. Every time you look at it, your brain sees it as a wake prompt, You quickly get used to this process and might wake up at night just for that you can also try tricking your mind and stop trying to get asleep at all you've probably noticed how much easier it is to doze off on your couch than it is even in the most comfortable of beds imagine you have an important test or job interview in the morning you realize you need to get eight hours of healthy sleep but you aren't tired at all. You get into bed and try forcing yourself into it. And then, when you have just four hours of sleep time left, you move to the couch. The living room is a different environment, most likely filled with good memories. Most importantly, your brain doesn't associate it with you forcing yourself to fall asleep. Without all that pressure, you relax and get your well-deserved Z's in no time. Now let's talk about some physical things that can speed up the process of you falling asleep and improve the quality of it. Keep your bedroom cool and dark. Most sleep experts agree the best bedroom temperature is around 65 degrees. Your body temperature naturally decreases to initiate sleep, and this room temperature range helps boost this process. If you keep it too hot or too cold, you'll affect the quality of REM sleep. Shades, curtains, or blinds will help you make your bedroom dark enough. Switching the bright overhead lights off won't send you to dreamland immediately. The best you can do is get some lamps, a dimmer switch, or candles to keep the lights in your bedroom low-key all evening long. And make sure you spend some time outdoors in the morning or earlier in the day to get enough natural light. It'll keep your body clock on the right sleep-wake schedule. You'll never really declutter your mind in a cluttered space. Even if you're okay with it, your brain isn't. It interprets the mess in your bedroom as another task to be completed. Until it's done, it can't totally relax. Start with decluttering your clothes. They belong in the dresser not on the floor or your armchair. Go through your paperwork. Better yet, keep your bills, lists, and papers out of the bedroom. Your books belong on the bookshelves. Don't pile them up around your bed. One is enough. Otherwise, it's another subconscious to-do list. Sort the artwork. If it's too chaotic or intense, it can also stimulate your brain to process it instead of calming down if possible keep the space under your bed clear or at least sort the stuff you keep there and put it in vacuum bags to save space remember your bed is for sleeping it's not a home office where you can always answer a phone call or respond to emails it's not a movie theater for watching late night tv and it's not the place to snuggle with your pets they can easily interrupt your sleep as they start moving at night. You most likely sleep in one of three positions. The majority of people are side sleepers. This lateral position is pretty good for you, especially if you prefer the left side. Try not to curl up though. It may prevent you from breathing deeply. Sleeping on your back is called the supine position. No matter if you sleep with your arms down and close to your body, or like a starfish with your arms up over your head it could make your lower back feel uncomfortable and take your snoring to the next level this position is good for your neck though to make it easier on your back put a pillow between your legs to align your hips better and decrease the stress on your lower back if you prefer to sleep on your stomach it's the prone position in this position You tilt your head up, and your neck muscles press on the important arteries going to the brain. As a result, your brain doesn't get enough blood, and you could wake up with a headache. So, stomach sleepers, you might want to reconsider your choice. Master the technique of progressive muscle relaxation. Your muscles that have been working all day need to unwind, just like your mind does. It's a kind of meditation that goes like a waterfall through each and every muscle in your body. You can go from your head and down to your toes, or in the opposite direction. First, take a deep breath. Then, tense your toes. Hold them like that for 5 seconds, and then relax them for 30 seconds. Move to your calves and thighs, and do the same. Contract and relax. Continue to your abs and the backside. Move up to your hands, then your arms and shoulders. Don't rush. Go muscle by muscle and focus your mind on what you're doing. No external thoughts allowed. Finally, work your chest, neck, and don't forget about your face. Tighten your jaws and then relax them. If that full-body relaxation is too much for you, At least work out your toes as you lie in bed. Curling and uncurling them for a while is a great way to release the tension from your entire body. It's so repetitive, your body starts slowly moving into sleep mode. Plus, it works out your leg muscles and even your abs. You can also try one of the many breathing techniques. Blowing bubbles, for example, relaxes your body and takes your mind off problems that distract you from going to sleep mode. Moon breathing is popular in many countries in Asia as a way to calm down your nervous system and improve your sleep cycle. Wanna give it a go? Put a finger on your right nostril and breathe slowly and deeply through your left one. The yogis believe this way, you only get the passive moon energy. It slows you down before sleep or whenever you need to calm down quickly. Use all of your acting skills and hum like a bee. It's like a spa for your mind and nervous system. Humming turns on the production of melatonin, the sleep hormone, and serotonin, aka the feel-good one. To make it work, you gotta lie down on your bed, close your mouth, inhale through the nose, and hum like a bee on your exhales. For about 10 minutes before sleep. Have you ever heard of the 103210 technique? The idea is to stop taking caffeine in any form 10 hours before bed. Then, no food at all 3 hours before bed. You must stop working to take your mind off things 2 hours before sleep. No more screen time 1 hour before bed. That includes your phone, TV, and computer. Finally, the zero in the formula stands for the number of times you'll hit the snooze button in the morning. Experts confirm this technique works miracles and will help you sleep well and wake up energized the next morning. If you can't survive without a pre-bed snack, a grumbling stomach is no fun at all, at least pick the right and healthy food. When you consume caffeine or fatty foods high in sugar, It takes a long time for your system to digest that stuff. That's why your body temperature rises. It won't help you get a good night's sleep. Instead, get some almonds before bed for a longer and deeper sleep. Another healthy and effective before bed snack is walnuts. They contain omega-3 acids that kickstart the production of serotonin. The best you can do for your sleep diet-wise is to have brinner. That's breakfast for dinner. Bananas help your muscles relax, thanks to potassium. Eggs are rich in protein. That helps healthy sleep. Oats and honey send the right amount of melatonin to your brain. You can also get a cup of chamomile tea, eat some kiwi, or have a bowl of rice. Foods you should avoid before going to sleep, unless you want to be awake all night, are cheese, fatty food and all things spicy another sure way to spend more time quality sleeping and not tossing and turning in bed is to take a warm bath or shower an hour or two before bed even 10 minutes can help change your body's core temperature relax both the body and mind and make you fall asleep no problem now are you 100 percent happy with your pillow It should be just the right size, not too fat and not too flat. If your neck and shoulders don't get sufficient support or are curved at a weird angle that makes them twist or crunch. This puts your spine and body out of balance. As a result, you wake up with discomfort in your neck, shoulders and back. It also happens when you've overused even the most perfect of pillows. Ideally, you should replace it after 18 months that doesn't sound like a long time but then again you spend 2500 hours a year with your head on it so it's not that bad after all memory foam pillows can last longer up to three years a natural pillow is also more durable than a synthetic one ready to test your soft sleep companion first take off the pillowcase and give the pillow a thorough look if it has stains from sweat is torn or smells it does need replacing pillows collect dead skin cells mildew mold fungus and dust mites. over time these unwelcome guests become a crowd that can interfere with your sleep because of their odors then fold your pillow in half if it lies there folded and doesn't spring back to its original shape, it's time to start looking for a new one. You can choose a light and soft pillow filled with down, feathers, and other fillings. A good quality down pillow won't be cheap, but it's worth it if you want that natural material and super softness. Memory foam and latex pillows are heavier than lightweight choices, but unless you want to reshape it and move it with you while sleeping, it can be just fine your mattress also matters most of them have a lifespan of 8 years if yours is much older than that it's time to find a replacement for it the three most common types of them are inner spring foam and adjustable side sleepers will feel more comfortable with a softer mattress stomach sleepers need a firm one and back sleepers land somewhere in between The good old inner spring option will give you that bouncy feeling with its extra durable interconnected coils. It's smart to choose a firmer, well-quilted mattress and get a replaceable mattress topper to make it last longer. Memory foam mattresses have less spring and give you more pressure relief. They mostly have several layers of foam, heavier ones on the bottom and lighter kinds on the top. There are also hybrid mattresses with two central elements, an inner spring support core and a foam comfort system. It's the perfect blend of bounce and contouring and low heat retention. It works for sleepers in any position. You can also experiment with an air-filled mattress with a remote that lets you control how much air is inside. Sleep is such an important aspect of your life It gave rise to many myths. Let's see which of them are actually true. Some people say you can reduce sleep time by an hour or two every night and feel just as good. Sleep experts beg to differ. An average person needs between six and nine hours a night. You must already know your own number. You can force yourself into earlier wake-ups and feel seemingly well at first, but your sleep debt will gradually build up. As a result, your brain won't be able to function to its fullest. Your concentration level will drop, your reaction will become slower, and you'll feel confused and distressed. If you know you'll have to reduce the amount of sleep for a certain period of time, try banking sleep in advance. Experiments proved going to bed a couple of hours earlier than usual every night for a week could help you suffer less once you have to sleep less but don't make a habit out of it sleeping in every weekend won't compensate for your sleep deprivation during the week another popular myth says putting your socks on will instantly send you to dreamland it won't work in one second but it can be one of the cues for your brain that it's time to doze off wearing socks promotes blood circulation to your feet the vessels widen and can get rid of heat much faster. This drops down your core body temperature faster than usual, and that's what you need for a good, healthy sleep. You've probably heard that a long daytime nap is great for you. Naps are fine, but you'd better keep them under one hour and enjoy them before two to three p.m. If you nap for longer, you'll likely fall into the deep stages of sleep. You'll wake up with a groggy feeling and not refreshed at all. You'll also likely sleep off some of the sleep debt you have from the morning. It means you could have trouble falling asleep at night. To get the most productive nap, set the alarm to limit your nap to 10 to 20 minutes. Nap around the halfway point between your wake-up time and the time you want to go to bed. Find a dark, cool and quiet place. Don't think about your work tasks or problems. Focus on what you're going to get from this nap. Do you believe the popular opinion that it's better to be an early bird than a night owl? In fact, both can do pretty well in life. It might be easier for a morning person to fit in and do better at work because of the way society is traditionally structured. Morning people are mostly more persistent, self-directed, and agreeable. But it doesn't mean you have to force yourself into becoming a lark if your productivity is at its peak in the evening. You'll feel better if you stay true to your natural preferences. When night owls wake up early, they're still producing melatonin. If you disrupt that process, you'll be doing yourself more bad than good. Your internal clock is mainly biological. You inherit the length of your circadian cycle from your parents for night owls, it normally runs longer, and trying to change that is going against your own nature and genetics. The guy you once met at the grocery store, a friendly lady who used to serve you coffee on your way to the office, another sleep myth says that in your dreams, you can only see faces that you have already seen in real life. This sounds a lot like the truth, but there's no way to prove it 100% right or wrong. First, your dreams aren't normally vivid enough to detect and memorize the facial or body features of people you see there. Second, they're all super fleeting. Your dreams start fading away the second you wake up, and your mind starts filling in the gaps in case you want to remember those dreams. So it's likely to rewrite the missing data with something or someone you've seen before. Finally, your brain processes the faces of people you see even if you don't pay any attention to them. So it's impossible to tell who's just a plot of your imagination and who's real. Many people are sure those who can't wake up without an alarm clock just aren't getting enough sleep. In reality, this has to do with your REM cycle. If you wake up in the middle of it, you'll likely feel tired even if you've slept the recommended amount of hours for your age. If you don't feel like doing all the sleep cycle math yourself, get an alarm app that monitors your sleep cycles and will wake you up just at the right time. Have you ever rubbed the on me on spot trying to hit the sack faster? That little spot is between your earlobe and the hairline that comes up the back of your neck videos of people rubbing it with their thumb or forefinger have gone viral they say it helps to relax the nervous system sleep experts debunk this myth as sleep is about your brain and hormones and not about massaging yourself one way the rubbing could work out is by exhausting you so much that you'd fall asleep eventually another popular myth states that you gotta stay awake all night to cure jet lag In fact, depriving yourself of sleep won't help you adjust to the new time zone. There is no cure for jet lag, but you could try spending as much time outside as you can. Natural light should help you feel better and get some sound sleep. You can start preparing yourself for your future trip ahead of time. If you're traveling east, say from New York to London, with a 5-hour time difference, start shifting your schedule four or five days before the trip by one hour so by the time you get there you'll be used to local time when it's time to go back home the same tips will work you can also start preparing yourself and adjusting your bedtime in advance when buying tickets for a long-haul flight through multiple time zones pick a flight for the time you usually sleep at if that's possible If you normally go to bed at 10 p.m. and there are flights that leave at 7 p.m. or 10 p.m., it's a good idea to go for the second option. Wake up two to three hours earlier the night before the flight to fall asleep faster on board. Arrive at the airport a couple of hours before the flight and even earlier for international flights from larger airports. It will let you avoid unnecessary stress as you walk through check-in and security. And this way, you'll have enough time to do all of your pre-bed rituals. Want to brush your teeth? No problem, you have time for that. Do you normally read before you fall asleep? You can do that before you get on the plane as well. This will trick your body into thinking it's just another regular day. And taking your seat on the plane will feel like moving to your bedroom, all ready for a good night's sleep. Don't ever deprive yourself of some quality, well-deserved sleep. Make those 26 years of your life really count.
1: Ignoring fast charge. There's a rumor going that fast charge can reduce your battery life. Moreover, it generates more heat than normal charge, which is bad for the battery. Well, it may be partly true. But the most important thing about fast charge is that it doesn't give your phone more energy than it can consume. As for heat, it can be hardly avoided even if you charge your device the regular way. But it's still not recommended to use fast charge all the time. High voltage and constant overheating may harm your gadget. Letting your phone go to 0% charge Draining the phone completely and then recharging it back to 100% is definitely not an option. Specialists say that your best range is 20% to 90% if you want your battery to last longer. If you let the battery go to zero all the time and then juice it up, you can damage the inside materials, and it can even cause battery corrosion. Using random chargers It's not true that all the chargers are the same. The best thing you can do to your phone is to provide it with the original charger. True, some generic Apple cable or adapter may seem as good as the original one, and even the charging time might be almost similar. But it may have different voltage. This can potentially damage your gadget. Plus, generic chargers usually don't include any protection from power surges. Charging your phones in cafes or other public places First, you never know whether the plug is faulty or if the voltage is right. Second, Juice jacking is a huge issue in public places. If you do need to charge a phone in a public place, the last thing you want to do is use a USB port. Someone can steal your personal data through it. Plus, sometimes the port capabilities are not powerful enough anyways. Going out without a power bank That's one thing you don't want to leave at home. Power banks are much safer than any public hub. Just make sure the amperage is right. Most modern smartphones charge at 2.1 amps, and most power banks have a range of 2.1 to 2.4 amps, which is totally okay. Check if the phone's not too hot while charging. The hotter the battery, the less effective the charging is. Use charge-saving apps. Some of us do that to stay away from the plug as long as possible. Unfortunately, these apps do nothing but consume even more energy and aggressively shut down other amps. Most apps don't eat up battery when in the background, while battery-saving ones actually do. Only active processes, such as GPS or background music, really drain the battery whether you use them or not. You can restrict background apps yourself in the settings. Charging the phone in the car Cars usually have less electricity than any phone actually needs to charge. The USB ports are low power there, so your gadget might swallow up the power much faster than the port can handle. You end up ruining your cable and battery like this, and the phone will barely get any charge. A rental car is even worse in this regard, since you never know who used that port before you jumped in. Same goes for train stations and even trains themselves. Here, the issue of data stealing I talked about earlier also applies. Charging the phone overnight. This is something almost everyone's guilty of. It may seem okay, especially if you have a smart charger that stops charging as soon as the phone reaches 100%. But as soon as your device loses a few percent, the charger will automatically top it off. And this vicious circle won't be broken until you wake up and unplug it. Just like lead-acid batteries, lithium-ion ones don't like being either fully charged or hitting 0%. Plus, it's pretty dangerous. Most fires take place at night, and a faulty charger can actually be the reason for that. Using your phone while it's charging This way, you can confuse the battery a bit. The thing is that the phone's gonna get a bit of charge, then the app you're using will grab that energy, and the charger will top off the battery again. These small cycles tire the battery out and shorten its lifespan. Ideally, you should just turn the gadget off while charging. But if that's impossible, at least leave it alone for the time being. Leaving the phone cover on while charging Now, it's not critical, but it's not recommended either. The cover traps in the heat, making the whole charging process way less effective. You shouldn't leave your phone under the pillow for the same reason. If you get super unlucky, it can also catch fire. And now you're having a hot dream. If you just can't fall asleep without your phone, set a timer for the media and, preferably, put it on the bedside table. If you want to reduce heating, turn on the airplane mode and bring your screen brightness to a minimum while charging. Stopping using your gadget with too little or too much juice Now, If for some reason you want to discontinue your phone use for some time, charge it to 50% and turn it off. This percentage is said to be the healthiest for a lithium-ion battery. With this level of charge, you can store it for months with the least possible damage to your gadget. Don't forget to turn it on every once in a while and top off the battery. Not saving the charge correctly If you don't lock your phone when it's not in use, it may eat up too much of your battery. Phones usually have default screen lock time set to about 2 minutes, and sometimes it's a bit too much. Setting it to 1 minute, or even 30 seconds, could make your battery last longer. Setting a dark theme also helps save the charge too. Another tip is to avoid using mobile data, especially if the connection is poor. The gadget's going to waste its charge on trying to find a network. Temperatures are important too – don't expose the phone to direct sun rays, because overheating eats up the charge. If there's no obvious reason why the phone drains so fast, you should probably pay attention to cybersecurity. It could be a sign that someone's spying on you with special apps. Using the charger during a thunderstorm. Even though electrical appliances are designed for your safety, still there's a chance of fire. If you really need to charge, opt for a power bank. Lightning can fry your phone when it's plugged in. Anything you plug into a socket in the US is designed for a maximum of 169 volts. Lightning, on the other hand, can reach up to 1 billion volts. Eh, That would be more. It's also recommended to unplug all the electronic devices during the thunderstorm. And yeah, talking even on the landline is something you should avoid. Charging your phone with a laptop The problem with this way of charging is about current differences the phone may ask for less current not to damage the computer system. A low current charge also damages the battery, and over time, it loses its capability of holding the charge for relatively long time periods. One more problem is that connecting your phone to a laptop, you always risk to get some viruses, even if you don't exchange any files with the laptop. Data lines in the computer are something that makes the whole charging process difficult. It all slows things down. USB 3.0 ports are doing better, but they're not perfect either. Chargers don't have those lines. If the phone just won't charge, there might be multiple reasons for it. A faulty cable, low current power source, or even a broken USB port. The most common problem is a damaged cable. They have to endure a lot since we constantly wrap, fold, and drag them. Try different cables to see if the problem was about that. If the cable just won't work, try cleaning the cable jack. Sometimes, some random lint just won't let you charge the phone. But anyway, if it's corrosion, this trick is useless. Okay guys, listen up. Jeans seem to be suitable for almost any occasion. They should be slightly wider in the thigh, but always get narrower in your ankles. As for the color, go for darker shades. They're cool all year round. Ripped jeans, jeans with patches and those with too much washing, can be cool for a relaxed day off and if you already have a pair of nice classic ones. Jeans can also make you look taller. First, they shouldn't be too long or they're going to drag behind and gather all the dust and dirt. Plus, if the jean legs are too long, they'll make your legs appear shorter. Make sure they're always slightly above your ankle. No need to cut them, though. A pin roll is a nice way out fold the leg to the side and make the first roll holding the fold adjust to the desired height and voila the pin roll is great if you want to show off the shoes match the jeans with heavy boots to rock this look socks are important especially if the shoes are exposed yeah those socks with smiley burgers look hilarious but if you need to look really neat opt for solid colors the rule is simple the socks color should suit that of the shoes For example, black shoes and white socks are a total mm mm-mm. Your ideal t-shirt should be a bit loose. The neck matters too. It shouldn't match the shape of your chin. For example, if you've got a pointy chin and a defined jawline, the v-neck isn't the best choice. It's gonna literally repeat the shape of your face, and your chin will appear even more pointy. Hey, you don't want that wicked witch-of-the-west look. Remember, v-neck looks better with a square or round chin, while crew neck is better for a pointy chin. Okay, if you're quite tall and want to balance the proportions, try wearing different patterns for top and bottom. As for coats, these should never be waist length. Ideally, your coat should cover the hips. While vertical lines make people appear taller, horizontal lines do the opposite. You can choose the striped top, but if you don't have one, a belt is also a horizontal line. As for belts and other accessories, make sure their size fits you. The taller and stouter you are, the bigger the belt buckle should be. Same trick can be applied to watches, hats, and many other accessories. Accessories can make you stand out even if you're wearing the same t-shirt, same jeans, and the same shoes as everybody else. You may wear the simplest clothes from the secondhand store, but your accessories are your statement. Choose the shoes carefully pointy toe shoes don't really fit tall people because they make them look even bigger. Rounded-toed shoes make the feet look smaller, which might be good for those who are trying to balance the proportions. Also, thin-soled shoes can help make large feet appear smaller. Thick-soled shoes are cool for those who want to try to gain a couple of extra inches. They also may want to try special cushions. You put this cushion under your heel and whoopee, you're an inch taller! Now, suits are men's best friends, but it can be pretty hard to choose the right pair of shoes to match. Try a bit less official outfits, matching your suit with smart sneakers. Mixing sport and casual styles can be a great idea, but running shoes can only match a track suit. A soft, relaxed shirt is a cool match too. When it comes to shopping and getting some new garments, Divide the amount of money you want to spend in two parts. Half of this money would go to basic things, like t-shirts, socks, and underwear. These usually don't last long, and in order to look sharp, you gotta change them pretty often. So no need to shell out a fortune for them. Coats, suits, jackets, and belts, and other accessories are the things you want to invest in. These will last you for ages and will upgrade your look to a brand new level. Now, for formal occasions, always tuck your shirt in the trousers. Really, do I need to remind you? There are no exceptions. Unless you're wearing linen trousers and a linen shirt, walking along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, and enjoying the sun in your straw hat. But it's not a formal occasion, you know. Yeah, a shirt may kinda choke you, but don't undo too many buttons. Way too open shirts are a mauve tone, whatever that is. There's a formula, For formal occasions, please keep your tie on and don't unbutton the collar. Think about the shirt you're going to wear beforehand. For semi-formal occasions, one or two open buttons are acceptable. If you're not wearing a suit, and you're somewhere like at a barbecue, you can unbutton one more. But please, let's not do the disco gold chain on the hairy chest look. I'm not kidding! Now, When choosing a jacket, pay attention to several details. The accessories, such as zips and studs, should be made of quality metal. Poor quality metal gets oxidized, which leads to the color change. If you're planning to get a brand new real leather jacket, check the leather it's made of. Grab a wet wipe and rub the leather. It's better to do that on the seam. If the dye fades to the white, it means that either an extra coat of dye has been added recently, or the leather is simply old. Don't buy this one. Also, some brands save money and use poor fabrics for lining. It shouldn't be too delicate, otherwise it'll get worn out several months later, and you'll have to have it changed. Be careful with the length of casual shirts. The thing is that casual shirts are meant to be comfy for everyday life, so they're shortened and don't have to be tucked in. Dress shirts, on the contrary, need to be longer to be tucked in with no problems. Now listen up! We guys still cling to the myth that girls can be carried away only by smelling your cologne. So in case that somehow works for you, choose the scent carefully. It should match the occasion. Don't apply too much, loads of cologne is a total turnoff, so I've heard. So apply a bit to the wrists to enjoy it. Master two or three hairstyles that you can really rock. You can have a flawless outfit, but the wrong hairstyle can make it just look sad. For a denim jacket, opt for a messy hairstyle. A bit of gel or matte hair clay will hold the strands in place. Sleek hair looks fabulous with a leather jacket if you want to rock a batty look, Mm. and you don't have to mind if your hair grows. Don't be afraid to stand out. Some people wear total black all the time, others wear logos. Some prefer preppy kid style. All of these styles look great separately, but by mixing some of them together, you can get the best from each style. If you struggle with the shoelaces that get untied all the time, there's a trick for you. First, you go over just as usual. Then, you want to make a bow. Instead of going over, go underneath and pull it through. You'll get your laces right across the top of the shoe. The laces won't get loose when you walk, they'll only get tighter. Yeah, we all love well-ironed nice clothes. But if you're off to vacay, and apparently there's no iron, try this hack. Put the clothes you want to be ironed on a hanger, hang them somewhere in the bathroom, and go take a shower. While you're in the shower, the hot steam will flatten out those wrinkles. Can't be compared to an actual iron, but it's better than nothing. And again, take it easy on the cologne, will you? Yes, I've finally beaten this game! Time to have some dinner! Ouch! My back! i better sit back down. Okay, let's search how I can make sitting before the PC easier on my poor body. Don't use a regular chair or armchair for prolonged work or playing. Special office and gaming armchairs have an anatomical shape, and they can be adjusted to fit your frame perfectly. More advanced armchairs are costlier too, but you're guaranteed not to have lower back pain with them. If you don't feel like buying an expensive chair, at least get some lower back support. It can be a seat cushion or a chair back attachment that will hold your back in a natural position, so you won't get up sore. For neck support, the easiest solution is a travel cushion. This way, when you sit back in your chair, the back of your neck won't bend or strain too much. Just make sure the back of your chair is high enough to support your neck. You can also make a roll of a towel and attach it to the back of your chair with, let's say, adhesive tape. It works for both the lower back and the neck, depending on where you put the roll. If your legs, and especially knees, get tired after sitting for a while, it's best to adjust the height of your chair. The seat should be high enough for your eyes to look straight at the screen, though. So if it's comfortable for your legs but you have to look up, better use a small footrest. Ideally, your knees should be bent 90 degrees and your feet firmly planted. Always pick a monitor with adjustable height and angle. It will save you the trouble of adjusting your chair in the first place. By the way, the most comfortable position in an office chair is with your tailbone pushed all the way back, giving your spine a bit of a forward curve. This way, you can lean back and get up after an hour or more without feeling sore. Your hands are in an unnatural position when typing or holding the mouse. Buy yourself a mouse pad with wrist support and a special attachment for the keyboard so that your wrists are always straight. Otherwise, just make improvised cushions for your wrists with small rolled towels. It may be inconvenient at first, but your hands will feel much better in the long run. You can also find a vertical mouse in online stores. It acts like a regular mouse, but your hand is positioned on the side with your little finger and the side of your palm as a support. For a relaxed spine, it should always be resting on your chair's back. Ideally, your forearm should be supported by the armrests at all times too. This way, your shoulders won't be too tense. Make the desk work for you. Install a sliding shelf for the keyboard that's exactly at the height for you to type without lifting your arms. Your shoulders will relax, as well as your spine. If you like reading books or playing games on your smartphone, keep it at eye level. It will improve your posture and help you avoid neck pain. Now, you really can't spoil your eyesight by staring at the screen for hours. But your eye muscles can get tired. Do some eye gymnastics every 30 to 40 minutes, and better yet, distract yourself with something to let your eyes rest for a bit. Make sure you don't lean on either side of the armchair while working or playing. Your spine's natural position is not exactly straight, but if you keep it crooked to the side, it will eventually complain by causing aches and pains. If you use your smartphone a lot, don't we all? You probably sometimes feel your thumb being sore. If that happens, weave patterns in the air with it for a minute or so. Fingers don't have muscles in them, but there are joints that may start complaining because of excessive use. Playing or watching videos on a laptop while lying in bed is super cozy, but it puts a heavy toll on your neck. If you don't want to get out of bed, at least turn onto your belly and prop your upper body on a pillow. Holding your laptop on your lap is also not the best idea. In this position, you're looking downwards, and both your neck and eyes get tired too easily. Just like with desktop computers, better find a position in which your eyes are level with the screen. By the way, there's no position in which you're looking at the screen straight and your arms are relaxed when using a laptop. Connect a separate USB or wireless keyboard to avoid this problem. Most monitors and phones now have the eye saver mode. It lowers the blue light from the screen by adding a yellowish hue to the picture. It's perfect for those who work with documents a lot, and if you want to watch a movie or play a game, just turn this mode off. Keyboard backlighting can also help you fight the tired eyes. If you have to look at the keyboard while typing, switching back and forth between the screen and the keys can be hard. Backlight makes the keys more prominent. Just make sure the letters are backlit properly, not just the gaps between the keys. Your eyes will get sore much less often if there's no glare on the screen. Turn your monitor away from all sources of light, especially the sun, as it might not only make you uncomfortable, but also damage the screen with time. Proper lighting is still important, though, So, if the overhead light doesn't let you feel cozy, get yourself a desk lamp. If the screen is the only source of light in your room, your eyes will get too strained after an hour or so. Don't forget to wipe and clean your keyboard, mouse, and smartphone regularly. You touch them way too often, and not always with clean hands. Many of us also eat behind our keyboards. Yeah, me too. So you'd be surprised at how much stuff there is inside your keyboard. Touch your face afterwards and say hi to nasty health issues. Crossing your legs feels so good when you're sitting a lot. But after some time, one or even both of your legs might fall asleep. You restrain the blood flow in your upper leg from the knee down, and your lower one feels a lot more pressure than usual. The habit of crossing your legs might lead to problems with veins. Standing or adjustable desks are gaining popularity right now. Instead of sitting all day long, you can raise your desk higher and stand up. This will give your legs a much-needed shift in activity. Also, don't forget about the sound. Headphones are better than earphones because they don't get inside your ear canals. Your eardrums don't like being shaken too much, and if the source of the sound is too close, they can stretch or even snap. The worst types of earphones, by the way, are droplets that get deep inside your ears. They might give you the best quality of sound and almost perfect soundproofing, but it happens at the cost of your hearing in the long run. You'll also do good to buy yourself a headset for talking on the phone. Many of us have the habit of wedging the phone between the neck and shoulder, and if you stay like that for a long time, you'll feel the consequences quite soon. Smartphones with bigger screens aren't really convenient to use with one hand. That is, if you don't switch to one-handed mode. Most newer phones have this feature. Check how to turn it on in the settings or default tips. Megan Markle often touches her hair, and you can see it in her photos. This soothing gesture helps her calm down when there's way too much attention around her. Another trick she uses is tucking her chin down. This creates a sort of shield that protects her. Etiquette experts claim one of the things that makes people like us is looking approachable. Carry your handbag in the left hand. Your right hand should always be ready for a handshake. It's not convenient to have to switch hands at the moment when you need to greet a person. Another trick to seem more sociable at a party is to always hold a drink. This way, people will be more likely to come up to you to chat. When you enter a party, the chances are all eyes will be on you. To come across as friendly and accessible, slightly widen your eyes. And when you're smiling, keep your mouth open a bit. That's what Megan does all the time. Smiling is important if you want to look cute in photos. But even though Megan always smiles, she's constantly making an effort not to do it too widely. Too big smiles can seem a bit forced and unnatural, and don't look pretty in photos. One more trick to look good in photos is to relax. A few deep breaths are usually enough to relieve tension. If you feel a bit awkward and don't know where to place your hands, hold a bag. Act natural and say, Queen! Another technique is used not only by Megan. Most psychologists recommend repeating the name of the person you're talking to. There may be hundreds of guests at a party, but if you say someone's name while talking to them, it'll make them feel special. To get more people to like you try a mirroring technique it's all about reflecting and repeating the body language of the person you're chatting with people tend to feel more comfortable when someone copies their gestures just don't overdo it body language is important for communication and keeping a good posture is one of the key points of etiquette Meghan markle has an impeccable posture When she walks, she holds her chin parallel to the floor, and her shoulders are rolled back all the time. When she sits, she keeps her legs crossed, which is good for keeping a nice posture. A good stance is important for great photos. Point one leg out and tilt the opposite hip to the side. Now angle your head a bit down and to the left or right, whatever works best for you. Ta-da! You've got the stance Megan and many other celebrities use to pose. When you choose an outfit for the camera, opt for a bright color that will pop in the picture. It'll also help if your clothes accentuate your waist. Complimenting those around you is a good way to make people like you, and it works better than you might think. Psychologists claim that everything we say influences the way people perceive us. When you give a compliment and say someone's stunning, they subconsciously start thinking that you're a good person. And if you complain about someone not being nice, people might conclude that, in fact, you're not that great. So be careful with your words. Many people can subconsciously feel the mood of those around them. That's why, if you want your friends to feel comfortable when they're with you, try to be cheerful. If you send out positive vibes, people will instantly like you, just because they feel good when you're around. There's a theory that people judge each other based on two main things, warmth and competence, If you want people to like you, try to show that you're warm, friendly, and aren't going to compete. Another thing that matters is competence. It can be your education, job, or whatnot. But first, you need to show your warmth, and only after that, competence. The sequence is crucial, especially if you want to apply this technique at work. Expect good things from people. If you think someone's not friendly, you'll behave in a way that will reveal the least attractive qualities of this person. After that, they aren't likely to be kind to you. But if you show friendliness, people will treat you more nicely. Nobody likes Mr. or Mrs. Perfect, let alone the fact perfection doesn't exist. So show how imperfect you are from time to time. It turns out people tend to like more those folks who sometimes make mistakes. Here's one cool experiment proving this fact. A group of students needed to rate how likable someone was. They watched several videos of people taking a quiz. Surprisingly, those who didn't nail it were rated higher than those who passed the test with flying colors. Some extra points went to the person who had spilled his coffee at the end of the quiz. Sure, you don't need to do the same. Just don't be afraid to seem vulnerable. It's usually not a good idea to touch strangers. But a subtle, barely noticeable contact can make people feel better about you when you're talking with them. You can tap them on the back or touch their arm, but only lightly. An experiment showed that waitresses who used this technique while giving back the change got larger tips. To make someone like you more, tell them a secret. It can be some personal information, but not something that could be used against you. It works both ways. But your new friend must be sure you won't spill the beans. Trustworthiness is as vital as loyalty and honesty. Casual questions like, What's your favorite season? are okay, but Tell me about your first love can help you get to know this person better. In any case, be careful with such questions, and go ahead only if you're sure they won't hurt anyone's feelings. Emotionless people seem less trustworthy than those who show what they feel. It doesn't mean you need to throw temper tantrums. Just be sincere and don't bottle up your feelings. Curiously, if you're too nice and selfless, people might be unwilling to work or make friends with you. It may sound weird, but those who are too sweet often make others feel inferior. They can also come across as insincere. Not smiling is a big mistake, but adding a smile emoji to a formal letter will most probably make you look incompetent. Try not to do that, even if you want to appear warm and friendly. It's better to choose the right words and leave your smile for offline life. Your behavior on the internet forms the overall impression people have about you. Don't share too many photos on social media. A recent study has shown that people usually don't relate well to those who overshare their private life. How long your social media friend list is matters too. Most people find it suspicious when it's too long or too short. One more study has revealed that the perfect number to seem friendly but not too much is about 300 people. Those users who had under 100 people on their list had a pretty low likability rating. People with more than 300 people had a slightly better result. But many research participants saw them as way too focused on social media and looking for popularity. Going to extremes is also a turnoff. Not sharing any personal information is as bad as oversharing it. Close-up profile pictures are another thing that can irritate people. One study proved that photos taken from a distance of one foot made people seem less competent and less attractive than those taken from at least four feet. It's probably because close-up images are somewhat distorted and look a bit smashed. My, what a big nose you have! Now, honesty is one of the most likable things out there. So humble bragging is another big no-no. Let's say you're at an interview trying to land a job. In this case, saying that working hard is your weakness is a terrible idea. Instead, offer something not related to the position in question. It'll make you look more sincere. You won't hide your weaknesses, but there won't be any false modesty. A proper handshake is your chance to make a good first impression. If your handshake is firm, people are more likely to perceive you as an outgoing and sociable person. People with a firm handshake are also more likely
0: to get a job. Put her there, pal. There's some weird tickling in your nose. Oh no, you're gonna sneeze. It'll sound thunderous in the complete silence of the conference room. Not to draw unwanted attention, tickle the roof of your mouth with your tongue. Five to 10 seconds is usually enough to get rid of the urge to sneeze. Or you can pinch your nose at the nostrils, like you do when something nearby smells bad. Pinching the bridge of your nose just below your eyebrows can help too. But whatever you do, don't look at bright lights. About one-third of people sneeze when they look at the sun, or even a light bulb. Imagine you're talking to someone, and they just wouldn't let you get a word in. If you think it's rude to interrupt them, Drop whatever you have in your hands, if it's not your phone or laptop, that is. Or you can pretend to be clumsy and knock something over. In any case, the chances are it'll make them realize they've been talking for too long. Hmm. Getting stressed out before an important event is a perfectly normal reaction. But it can make you absent-minded, and you won't be able to concentrate. If you realize you've become tense, squeeze the muscles of your face, arms, and shoulders. Clench your fists. Now, relax and take a deep breath. You're ready to tackle any problem on your way. Your throat's tickling. It doesn't seem to be too much of a bother. But once this annoying sensation starts, it doesn't let you concentrate on anything else. To get rid of it, scratch your ear. This way, you'll stimulate the nerves there your body's likely to react with a muscle spasm Uh, uh. in the throat. This spasm will relieve the tickle. You might feel ill at ease starting a difficult conversation. It makes you fidget, avert your eyes, shift your weight. Denying your anxiety will make the situation even more awkward than it already is. It's better to offer a quick explanation. I feel a bit uncomfortable bringing it up. You need to introduce someone to your friend. But their name has totally slipped your mind apologize and claim you've been so busy recently that you're having brain fog most people these days understand what a hectic schedule can do to a person another way to find out someone's name that you're supposed to know by now is to ask for their business card or you can give them your phone and ask to put in their contact information then all you need to do is look at the new contact before tucking your phone away you can also ask the person to spell their name, saying you want to make sure you've got it right. There's no need to shout to be heard at a loud party. Ask the person you're chatting with to bend their ear out and then press it in. They'll hear you much better. (laughs) To stop hiccuping, put a long straw in a glass or bottle with water. Block both ears with your fingers and start drinking. Or, you can try covering a glass of cold water with a paper towel or clean cloth and sip through it. Gently squeezing your nose while drinking something helps too. Another trick is to sit down and bring your knees up to your chest. Hug them for two minutes or so. You can also inhale a large gulp of air and hold your breath for as long as you can. Usually, 10 to 20 seconds are enough. Slowly breathe out. If you're still hiccuping after that, repeat several more times. Or, grab the tip of your tongue and gently pull on it once or twice. It stimulates the muscles and nerves in your throat. But don't forget to wash your hands before doing it. If you feel you're getting emotional and tears are about to spill, look up and hold your breath for a couple of seconds. Then slowly exhale. You should feel better now. The meeting's over. Time to leave the room, only you can't pick up your notes. Your arm's fallen asleep. Try clenching and unclenching your fist. It'll get the blood flowing, which will ease the nerves. You can also gently rock your head from side to side. When the nerves in your neck get squeezed, it can lead to tingly hands and arms. Rocking your head will loosen your neck muscles and release the pressure. Phones love auto-correcting your messages into something embarrassing. If you notice your blunder after already having sent the message, you can either apologize or laugh it off. Something like, Wow, my phone apparently has a mind of its own. An important meeting is about to start, but you feel more than a bit sleepy. Not to doze off while your boss is giving a presentation, take a deep breath and hold it for several seconds, then release it. You'll feel a bit more energized. It's common to feel awkward, nervous, or shy when talking to new people. Instead of blushing or looking away, follow the three seconds of eye contact rule. It won't make you feel uncomfortable, but will show your interest. If someone's explaining something to you, Eye contact can be a bit longer than three seconds. It's a sure way to prove you're paying attention. Anxiety can get the best of you at the worst possible moment. To deal with this problem, set aside a time slot for your worries. Carve out 15 minutes every day and worry all you want. But once the time's over, you have to stop thinking about the things that make you nervous. Try not to do it right before going to bed, though. This can make it harder to fall asleep afterward. If you feel nervous before an interview or exam, chew some gum. For some reason, eating makes your brain feel safe. You're literally tricking it into a relaxed state. After you eat something extremely cold, like a popsicle, the nerves in the roof of your mouth start freezing. Your body concludes that your brain is getting chilled too. To compensate, it overheats, which leads to an ice cream headache. Instead of scrunching your face and moaning, press your tongue against the roof of your mouth. This will warm it up almost immediately. Try to cover as much space as you can. When you ask for something you need, always use the word because. It makes people believe there's a serious reason for your request. It happens even to the best of us. A song gets stuck in your head. And it's usually either a commercial jingle or a popular song you've been making fun of. When it happens, you're likely to repeat one part of the song, most often the chorus, again and again. Try singing the song till the very end. It'll make your brain think the song's over, and the tune won't bother you anymore. If you're feeling dizzy, put your hand on something stable. In most cases, it'll help your brain to recalculate your body's position in space, and your dizziness will pass. If you wanna ace an important interview, imagine you've known the interviewer for ages. Picture how you're going to greet each other, shake hands, and have a pleasant conversation. This will help you relax before the big event. Let's say you want to leave an awkward conversation, but are unsure of the best time to do it. Each conversation has times when it drops off and has a lull in it. It usually happens before people start a new topic. Such a lull is your cue it's time to leave. Start with, well, oh. sorry, mm-hmm. or anyway, before saying your goodbye <laughs> and fleeing. Ah, you can't stand it anymore. You need to get away from this bore you've started talking to at a party, and the sooner the better. Not to hurt their feelings or encourage the person to follow you. Say you need to make a phone call. It's a safer option than saying you're going to go get some food or go to the bathroom. To make your excuse more believable, provide some details. You can easily give an impression of an outgoing person at a party. Pick someone and ask them a random question, like, I love your shoes. Where did you get them? It'll be a perfect icebreaker. People just love talking about themselves.
2: Don't waste time trying to save money. In many cases, you can use this precious time to earn more money than you're trying to save. For example, you spend several hours a day commuting to your workplace, but it might be more profitable for you to find an apartment closer to your office. Then you could spend your free time on something more productive, like studying or having some more work done. Once you have some extra cash, you can use the opportunity to choose. You can keep doing menial tasks, or you can pay someone to do it for you and concentrate on higher value projects. And then, you're likely to end up making much more money in the future. Try to have a financial cushion that will allow you to lead the same lifestyle for at least several months if you stop getting money. The best way is to find some source of passive income. For example, if you become a property owner, you'll get rent every month and you won't have to do anything. You can write an ebook, then you'll get royalties. You can also get passive income after investing in real estate, shares, or securities. Rich people rarely spend their money on life coaches. They usually have a lot of life experience of their own, and they know that to achieve something in life, you need to have a goal and enough willpower to reach it. If a person isn't ready for hard work, no motivational speaker can make them successful. That's why most life coaches target people with low income and aren't at the height of their careers. Those tend to believe that there is a magic pill which can change your life for the better. Always get your contracts in writing. Rich people don't just go into business with a handshake deal. It's the poor who tend to shy away from signing any agreements. It happens either for a lack of legal knowledge or because they don't want to come across as greedy and paranoid. But then there's a chance that your partner may remember your deal differently or there might be a misunderstanding you won't be able to clear up all because you don't have the terms in writing. The wealthy rarely overspend. Even if one of them is out there buying a Lambo, their decision is based on their goal and financial status at the moment. A person doesn't become rich because they're great at spending money. You need to be good at keeping it. Try taxing yourself by transferring some money to a separate account. Unfortunately, it's all too easy to dip into your savings once you need or want something really badly. But when you pay taxes, you don't get your money back. And once you start to receive your savings as taxes, you won't be able to waste this money so easily anymore. Rich people first add value to themselves and then to the world. They start with improving their own skills and their quality of life. This can help you convince others you're worth a hefty paycheck. Because in return, you can add value to their lives. You shouldn't focus on saving more money. A much better thought is, How can I earn more? Wealthy people understand there's a limit on how much money one can save, but there's no limit on how much you can take. The wealthy rarely spend a fortune on grooming. There are successful business people and billionaires who are known to cut their hair on their own. Others have their hair treated when they visit developing countries. Rich people try hard to steer clear of junk food. These days, the wealthy prefer simple and healthy foods. Junk food is high in cholesterol and carbs and low in vitamins and minerals. That's why eating junk food regularly may lead to unpleasant consequences. And rich people know it's often cheaper to prevent a problem than spend a fortune solving it. People who have their mind on becoming rich don't rent, they buy. When you rent an apartment, you literally pay someone else's mortgage. They do take some financial risk in case some repairs are needed. But on the whole, the apartment owner both makes money and gains assets Well, you give them your money and simply occupy their space. It's not a great investment. Sure, buying your own property isn't a piece of cake, but if you manage to do it, you'll be one step closer to getting rich. The wealthy don't try to save money when it comes to health. They pay high annual fees for concierge medicine to get help anytime they need it. And rich people never look for cheaper healthcare prices or bargains. The wealthy avoid getting saddled with late fees. It's a waste of money they could otherwise save. They automate their payments. This way, they don't have to deal with high penalty rates. Wealthy people don't sleep in. They have too much on their plate every day and use all the benefits of waking up early. One study found out of 44% of rich people get up three hours before their work starts and only 3% of the poor do the same. The rich do not just buy new things. They invest. They pay for costly kitchen appliances not because they like wasting money. Wealthy people know high quality things usually serve longer, and they essentially save money by buying a more expensive thing. That's why they think not about the deal they could get, but about the cost per use. Never compare yourself with others. Social media these days is a powerful tool that can also make you feel lonely, unhappy, and worthless and this prevents you from concentrating on your own goals. Rich people prefer to compare themselves to their past selves, not to other people. It makes them feel accomplished and confident. Value for money is one of the most important life rules for wealthy people. Even if they decide to spend millions on a home, they bargain like anyone else. But some rich people go beyond that and choose to live in modest, inexpensive houses. Or they buy promising real estate while it's still inexpensive and when its price skyrockets, they make a good profit. Almost 80% of rich people do physical exercise at least four times a week. It's crucial for those who spend most of their time in the office. Besides keeping you in good shape, regular workouts boost your energy and mood. You sleep better and become more productive. While searching for a job, most people pay attention only to the size of their potential salary, but others try to figure out what new knowledge they can get in their new position and how useful it can be later. Sometimes, it's better to accept a job offer from a famous company with a lower starting salary. This will give you an opportunity to build a career and earn much more money after some time. More than 60% of rich people listen to audiobooks or podcasts while they commute or have free time. The main idea is to make your brain work by feeding it something inspirational or educational. Rich people know there's no need to buy a pair of jeans that costs $1,000 if you can find a high-quality alternative that's 10 times cheaper. The same goes for other purchases. The wealthy don't blindly follow the latest fashion trends. They don't buy up new collections just because those are popular today. This isn't the best money investment. But what might be even more important, rich people don't feel the need to prove anything to other people. You have to overcome your modesty and promote yourself. Most people think bragging about their accomplishments and skills will drive others away. But in business, if you want to succeed, it's often absolutely necessary to put yourself out there. Never stop learning. People whose goal it is to become successful keep trying to get as much knowledge and experience as possible. They understand that learning is a lifelong process, and some new information can make all the difference when it comes to remaining poor, or making a fortune. Rich people know their budget and can manage their money. They don't overspend. If they use a credit card they do everything to avoid paying finance charges. By the way only 8% of wealthy people have more than one bank card and 77% of low-income earners carry several credit cards in their wallets. But the more cards you have, the more fees you have to pay and the more difficult it is to keep track of your spendings.
1: Having the right temperature in your home will drastically improve your mood. Too hot, you'll become irritable and frustrated. Too cold, and the chances are that you'll be too demotivated and sluggish. Set that temperature to 77 degrees to make sure you feel good throughout the day. At night, we work better with slightly lower temperatures. 60 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit is the perfect temperature to get that much needed rest. As good-looking as you are, hmm, staring at yourself in the mirror for too long can cause a lot of stress. Do you find that you focus on various body flaws, no matter how small, and constantly check your reflection in the mirror, unless you're a vampire? You could replace it with a smaller one that could stop you from gazing at yourself for too long. Get organized and spend a few minutes of your leisure time organizing your surroundings. Taking 5 minutes to work on one area of your house, like decluttering that desk, and you'll be surprised at how much your quality of life will increase. Your clean surroundings will give you peace of mind, and cleaning itself will help you develop healthy habits. These habits can make sure you feel in control of your actions and the direction of your life. Procrastination can be a slippery slope. Once it starts, it's hard to break out. An easy start is to create a list of all the things that you've been avoiding. Then, commit to spending just a few minutes doing one of those things. Even if you don't complete it, this is a fantastic way to move forward. Before long, you'll feel better just by crossing things off that list. Wear your favorite outfit every once in a while, even if you're not going anywhere. Putting on some of your best clothes will make you feel good about yourself instantly. There's no need for a special occasion. Make yourself feel happier now. You could even head out to lunch or take a trip to the mall in them. Now everything has a place in your home. If it doesn't, why is it there? If you've taken it out, put it back. If you've opened it, close it. If you put it down, pick it up. If you've taken it off, hang it back up. Live by these simple rules, and you'll see a profound difference in your home. Everything will be tidier, and you'll reduce your chores by doing small things before they become a bigger problem. Use or gift any items that are for special occasions. They're just using up space. If you've got a special perfume that's been sitting there unused, or a set of beautiful dishes collecting dust in a box, you're putting off life. Enjoy it right now, in the moment, is more precious than we think. Take the chance and use those things now. If it isn't too well-used, you could even give it to a friend or family member to make their day. Keeping a journal to jot down what you're thankful for every day will make you happier, increase your productivity, and help you sleep much better. Creating and repeating positive affirmations that acknowledge the progress you're making to improve your life is a great way to bring about some balance. It's a great way to show your gratitude for the small things and gain more of an appreciation for life it's always more fun to be positive than it is to be negative set your alarm a little bit earlier every day if you usually set your alarm for 7 a.m set it back five minutes every day until you find that perfect time that'll give you the extra time in the morning to exercise meditate read plan your day or work on something that you're passionate about it might not seem like a lot but But those minutes are the difference between a rush and a relaxing start to the day. Having a little extra time in your day will help you feel less forgetful, a lot more productive and happier. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. This valuable piece of advice couldn't be more true. Making your bed when you wake up will change your mindset for the entire day. Your productivity will skyrocket. Once you've done one task, you'll want to do more and more, letting them snowball to a fulfilling and successful day. If you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. Try yoga in the morning. Yoga is unbelievably healthy for you. It'll make you strong and lean, but also works on other areas like flexibility and balance. Plus, it's very relaxing and can be done in the comfort of your own home. Just put down a towel or get a mat and let that stress leave you for the day. Having your dog or cat sleeping in bed with you might be cute and comforting, but there can be more cons than pros. Allergies, disruption of sleep, dirt, and hair can negatively affect our ability to rest and recover. This can easily lead to irritability, raise stress levels, and nasty sniffles better to get a separate bed for your furry friend and use the day to cuddle with them. Most people have had the experience of putting something down on a table just for now and looking back weeks later, only to see a massive pile of random items that belong somewhere else. Start by organizing it into piles, deal with what's there, and then give it a good wipe down. It's going to feel so good to walk into the room and just see a clean space instead of all that accumulated rubbish. Make sure it stays nice and clean by always putting things back where they belong. Even if it won't stay this way, it looks good for the moment at least. Keep your front doors clean. It almost seems too simple a matter, but it does. Coming home to a clean door creates a positive feeling the second you arrive. You'll feel more relaxed and ready to settle down for the evening. Giving the front of your house a little care also helps you feel proud of your home and puts you at ease in case of any unexpected visitors. You can change the entire feel of a room with a simple bit of decoration. Sometimes an empty wall is just crying out for a little something. Look for the perfect piece of art, photograph, or even one of your own paintings to fill the space. Whatever it is, hang it up to improve the area. Adding some life to an empty space feels good, makes a smile and fills our home with more character. Call at least one friend or family member a week. You can do this while you clean, walk the dog, or just while you're relaxing at home. Humans are naturally social. Even when we don't feel like it, socializing with our loved ones makes us feel better. This is even true if we're naturally introverted. Doing this will also make the other person feel better. So it's great all around. Put on some great music to set the feeling you want at that moment. It doesn't matter what you put on. Music is fantastic for changing your mood, so find something that fits how you want to feel. If you're looking to relax, put something slow or acoustic on. If you feel down, play something upbeat. Either way, use music to transform your home. Some people feel better when they let go of some of their physical possessions, That doesn't mean you should live in an empty house, but there is no need for a lot of things we accumulate over time. The latest home styles don't matter at all if they don't make you feel happy right now. It's all about how objects make you feel. If something brings you satisfaction, even if it's something small like a trophy from high school, you should keep it. One way to feel happier in your space is to bring in a little bit of nature. Houseplants have the added benefit of helping to refresh the air in a room making you healthier and bringing a smile to your face. The need to care for the plant by watering and pruning it can also build some really positive habits. Plants are a great idea all around. Clean floral smells can positively affect our mood, so use oils or candles if you want to relieve the stress from your day. Lavender helps people fall asleep, which is great for nighttime. Keeping some lemon next to you while you work can make you feel more positive and awake. Now, don't go overboard with the scent, though. Any smell and too great a concentration can cause more stress and headaches. The complete opposite of what you want. Owning a pet is thought to have health benefits. It'll improve your general mood, but can even do things like lower your blood pressure. Having a pet dog will lead to a healthier and happier you because of their need to be taken for regular walks and playtime. Pets can also help relieve your stress and anxiety by promoting laughter and affectionate behavior. (laughs) Just ask any cat owner. You can make any space feel like home with some well-placed lights. Light bulbs with shades of white or yellow can promote relaxation and make your room feel more alive. Candles and dimmer lights bring a nice amount of warmth to any room you put them in for that cozy feeling. It's not always possible to put yourself first, But don't forget that you deserve to be treated well, too. Waiting for others to treat you well can be worse, as it might never happen. Make some time to just treat yourself every now and then. Read a good book, go for a walk, or enjoy that special chocolate you have. Yeah, chocolate. Never forget to put yourself first. Spending up to 12 hours a day on devices like TVs, smartphones, and video games can be exhausting. TV and streaming alone can take 4 hours away from your day. You might be thinking you're relaxing after a hard day, but depending on what you're watching, it can cause more stress and anxiety. Watching a little bit less will free you up to follow other exciting things. Making this change won't just have a positive impact on your free time, but also on your general health. Here's an easy way to set yourself up for a productive day. Get your clothes ready for everything. Want to run after work? Take the clothes out in the morning to motivate you more. Having to get ready for a run can demotivate you to the point where you don't do it. Getting everything ready will make sure you always get things done, even if you're not in a good mood. As well as this, planning in advance will always make sure your mornings feel more peaceful and less rushed because you'll have already decided on your outfit for the day. Now get out there and make it happen. (laughs) You know, your giggles during serious moments aren't laughter at all. It's a defense mechanism that helps you get through tough times. (laughs) Even though some people understand it, you might experience extreme discomfort if that happens to you. So, to stop yourself from giggling at tense moments, you need to substitute this kind of behavior with something that takes your attention away. Lip-licking or even lip-biting can help. You can also try biting the insides of your cheeks, or even pinch yourself. The sudden pain will stop you from laughing. (laughs) Or not. Fidgeting is another way out. The main thing is to find something that might distract you. It can be clicking a pen, pressing phone buttons, or even touching your earrings. Guys, (laughs) if you just can't help it, the only possible way out is to leave find a good excuse you can say you're feeling sick and need some fresh air and laugh it out when no one else can see laughter can also be a good medicine whenever you feel stressed but it might be a bit out of place Hmm. anyway sometimes running away doesn't seem possible and lip biting doesn't help in this case you could try to focus on one color in the room find all the objects around you and then all the red ones and so on Even such a small goal can carry your emotions away. (laughs) Sing your favorite song to yourself. Start counting from 1 to 20, or even recite that weird ad you saw on TV the other night. Again! It's all about switching your attention to something neutral. It usually takes under a minute to calm down when you stop thinking about something that makes you nervous. When you enter a party, chances are all eyes are on you. Keep your eyes wide open to show that you're open to this world too. When you're smiling, keep your mouth slightly open. If the smile is too wide, some people might think it's a bit Mm. fake. Well, time to greet everyone here. Remember that a weak handshake may be pretty offensive. It's your first impression after all. If your handshake is firm, people instantly think you're an outgoing and sociable person. Also, those who have a firm handshake are more likely to get a job. And yeah, nobody likes touching cold hands, so warm them up before handshaking. Now, the way someone shakes your hand can show their intentions. A glove handshake means they can be trusted. And if someone touches your arm or shoulder while shaking your hand, it probably means this person lacks communication. Also, carry your handbag, gals, in the left hand. The right one is always ready for a handshake. It's not really convenient to switch hands at the moment when you need to greet a person at a party. Another trick to seem more sociable at any event is to always hold a drink. This way, people around you somehow believe you're more approachable. No matter if it's an old friend or someone you just met, always use the name of the person you're talking to. Yeah, there may be hundreds of guests at a party. But if you repeat their name while talking to them, it'll make them feel special. I had a friend in school who could remember the names of everyone she met at a party. I remember everyone liked her for it, too. Throw a compliment to whomever you're talking to. Psychologists claim everything we say influences the way people perceive us. When you give a compliment and say someone's stunning, they subconsciously start thinking you're nice. It works both ways. If you complain someone's not nice, people might think it's you who isn't nice, not the one you're talking about. To get even more people to like you, try a mirroring technique. It's basically all about reflecting and repeating the body language of the person you're talking with. It's always nice to meet someone just like you. As for body language, mind your posture. Keep your chin parallel to the floor and shoulders rolled back all the time. While sitting, keep the legs crossed. It helps to keep a good posture, too. Many people can subconsciously feel the mood of the people around them. So if you want your friend to feel comfortable when they're with you, be in a great mood, or at least try to. Your good vibes will spread, and people will instantly like you just because they feel good when you're around. Expect good things from people. It may sound totally weird. But if you think someone's not nice, you'll behave in a way that reveals all the worst things about this person. Chances are, they won't be really nice to you. If you show friendliness instead, most people will do the same thing. Now, this next one is kind of illogical. If you're too nice and altruistic, some people might not want to work and make friends with you. Sounds weird, but the problem is that selfless people might make other people feel they look worse. Others simply don't believe in altruistic people's sincerity. Yeah, nobody really likes Mr. and Mrs. Perfect. (laughs) Do they exist at all? So a good tip is to show how imperfect you can be sometimes. Psychologists say people tend to like those who actually make mistakes from time to time. How true! Now, touching people non-stop isn't a good idea. But a subtle touch can make people feel better about you when you're talking with them. Tap them slightly on the back or touch their arm, but please don't go to extremes. An experiment showed that waitresses who used this technique while returning the change earned bigger tips. Whoa, profit! To make someone like you even more, try telling them a secret. It should be something personal that could be used against you. It works both ways, but your new friend must be sure you won't spill the tea. Trustworthiness is as vital as loyalty and honesty. Casual questions like, what's your favorite color, are okay, but tell me about your first love could probably help you get to know this person better. Anyway, be careful about such questions and go ahead only if you're sure it won't hurt anyone's feelings. Your behavior on the Internet forms the general impression people have about you. Don't share too many photos on social media. Yeah, it might seem like you're sociable and open. Still, a recent study proved that people don't really seem to relate well to those who overshare on the Internet. But don't go to extremes the other way either. Not sharing at all can be even worse than oversharing. It looks suspicious when someone has either too many or too few people on their friends list. Another study revealed that the perfect amount of likability is about 300 people. People who had under 100 people on their list had a low likability rating, while those who had over 300 were seen as looking for popularity or too focused on social media. Hey, can we talk? Forget 300. If you have even 6 true friends who really know you and love you anyway, that's way better than 300 acquaintances. But that's just my opinion. Alright, back to the party. When you talk with someone and get a dissatisfactory answer, try looking them in the eye. This way, many people start feeling something's wrong, which might possibly make them change their mind. Nope, it doesn't work if you ask a stranger to give you their car as a gift. What were you thinking? Whenever you're having a hot discussion and your opponent just won't agree with you, start speaking faster. This way, they just won't have enough time to process everything, and they'll have to think it over again and probably reconsider their opinion. It works both ways. If a person agrees with you, start speaking slower, so that they could evaluate the message properly. Again, speaking fast won't get you a stranger's car for free. What's this about cards? The way you ask people for help is important if you want to make sure you'll get what you need. People like feeling important. So if you say, I need you, you're more likely to get that help. Rock Paper Scissors is famous for helping people make hard choices. There's only one sure way to win it. Right before the game, ask your opponent a random question like, did you know we're all made of pixels? your friend will be confused and not likely to throw scissors. Of course, it's what friends do for each other, is a magic word combination you should say whenever someone says thank you for something you've done for them. Frankly, please say anything except no problem, which just devalues the kind gesture the person made. Some people tend to forget good things others do for them, but this phrase will make people remember they kind of owe you. Another classic response is, you're welcome. Hardly hear that one anymore. Reading body language can help you read people's minds. If someone closes their eyes, they're either hiding something, or they're just tired of you. Probably both. When a person touches their mouth, it must be because they've just said something they didn't mean to. Or they have a cold sore. The way people sit can give them away. Those who lean forward while sitting usually want to make contact and they like the person they're talking with. If a person tends to lean back instead, it shows they're bored and don't really wanna talk. Either way, you just found out something
0: about them. You're welcome. The snooze button seems like a remedy for a bad morning, allowing you to give yourself some time to nestle up in your cozy bed for a couple of minutes. Don't get into that trap. This trick only makes you groggier and grumpier. The snooze button makes your body believe you're going to sleep some more, so it obviously enters another sleep cycle. This way, it starts releasing sleep hormones that won't make you feel any peppier. If you get out of your bed right after the alarm goes off, your doziness won't last over 30 minutes. Instead, getting up after even a short lie-in gets you 4 hours of sleepiness. (laughs) Not a fresh start. To make this groggy morning even worse, check your phone while enjoying those fake 10 minutes of a snooze. Don't lie to yourself that you do it just to keep abreast of the latest news. You must be checking social media instead. Scientists say this habit increases stress and anxiety. Plus, tons of notifications might make you feel like you missed out on some important things yesterday which subconsciously makes you feel bad and doesn't add to your productivity. A shower instead can work wonders for those who struggle through mornings. But taking a shower every single day can be bad too. An everyday shower didn't appear long ago. With the rise of built-in showers of the 20th century, people took the privilege of lathering their bodies with soap. A daily shower with aggressive soaps washes down the drain all the body oils that keep harmful bacteria away. Many dermatologists say two or three showers a week are enough for our bodies to stay sanitary and healthy. Bonus advice, three minutes are enough. No need to spend half an hour under a cascade of steaming water. Off to something you gotta do at least twice a day. If you brush your teeth after breakfast, sorry, you're doing it wrong. The thing is nasty bacteria gather in your mouth overnight and if you have breakfast before you brush your teeth you share all those morning sugars and carbs with them when they thrive your teeth aren't happy if you just can't resist the temptation to grab a cup of coffee right after you wake up wait 20 to 30 minutes after you've finished many foods and drinks weaken the surface of our teeth and brushing can make it even worse it's best to brush your teeth first and then enjoy whatever you enjoy for breakfast. No need to brush them again after you finish the meal. Just rinse your mouth with water. Coffee before 9 a.m. is a no-go. Cortisol, the stress hormone, doesn't really get on well with the liquid happiness, aka coffee. This hormone isn't only responsible for stress, but for sleep cycles too. Its levels spike between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Coffee only adds to anxiety at this time, so it's best to grab one when the cortisol level is at its lowest. Cortisol also spikes between noon and 1 p.m., and between 5.30 and 6.30 p.m. Try to stay away from coffee during these periods. Plus, cortisol always increases by up to 50% right after you wake up, so you'll have to wait about an hour after you start a new day before gulping down that liquid bliss. Most people feel tired twice a day, at 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. But since humans are the only mammals who can delay their sleep deliberately, most of us never have a midday nap at 2 p.m., the perfect time to grab some coffee. If you still want to doze off for a couple of hours, be careful. Make sure you have it no later than at 5 p.m., or you'll find it really difficult to fall asleep that night. Don't forget to open the blinds. Morning daylight helps us release cortisol naturally so we're ready to start a new day. A morning workout is a great way to charge your batteries, as long as it's kinda soft. Aggressive movements can harm our spinal discs that absorb water overnight to rehydrate. By the way, it explains why we're somewhat taller in the morning. This process stiffens our spine, so flexing and bending too much might be a bit dangerous. Workouts aren't the only way to wind your body up. Meditation is an awesome alternative, If you don't feel like doing anything of this kind, try coloring or some other activity that releases stress. Taking time to relax is the key point. There are many foods you should stay away from in the morning, even though they seem like breakfast classics. Toaster pastries are packed with carbs and sugar. So are nut spreads and breakfast cereals. Such food as waffles, pancakes, and buns made of refined flour have very little nutritional value. Fruit juice, despite its healthy reputation, is usually just some sweet water. Plus, it doesn't make you feel full, unlike real fruit. Another bad guy in disguise is a granola bar, which only boosts your cholesterol level. In fact, there's not much difference between a candy bar and a granola one. Make sure your breakfast contains proteins. Carbs usually mean energy crash a couple of hours later. It leads to blood sugar crash, which is bad for your productivity and makes you feel sleepy, tired, and grumpy. Banana protein smoothie, scramble, or quinoa are good examples of long-lasting energy food to keep you focused for several hours. Making your bed right after you wake up isn't right too. When you do it, you also make a cozy home for tiny dust mites. Your pillow, blanket, and sheets seem clean and okay, But these little guys thrive just inside. They love dark spaces like your mattress. Bad news. You can't see them without a microscope. But even if you don't see them, it doesn't mean they don't chill out in your bed. So if you cover them up while making the bed in the morning, they're going to be kind of grateful for creating an idyllic environment for them. One thing they're terrified of is sunlight. Now you've got a perfect excuse not to make your bed if you're too lazy. A good morning starts with a good night's sleep. If you crave sweets before you go to bed, it's for a reason. Chocolate soothes and calms down, so it's easier to fall asleep faster. Watch out for caffeine. Even chocolate has some small amounts of caffeine, but it can be enough to disturb your sleep. Anyway, it's better to avoid food at least one hour before you go to sleep. Hearty meals will be too heavy for any digestive system in the evening. Evening food should be light. It might be some snacks, milk, or cheese. Eating breakfast for dinner is really helpful for those who want to fall asleep faster. Bananas, eggs, and toasts are all rich in potassium, protein, and carbs. All these elements can help relax and aid sleep. So consider having a brinner if you've had hard times falling asleep. Check the temperature in your bedroom. When it's too hot, it may be really hard to fall asleep. Stick one foot from under the cover and let it cool. When it's a bit cold, you'll fall asleep faster. Another trick you may try is to cover yourself with a wet blanket. But this one is valid for tropical heat nights only. Also, if you take a hot shower first and then go to a probably much cooler bedroom, your body temperature will significantly drop. You'll fall asleep as soon as your head touches the pillow. Make sure your pillow is neither too high nor too low. If you like sleeping on your stomach, you may want to try putting your pillow right under your stomach to make it more comfortable. The best pillowcases are made of silk. Your face literally glides on it, so it won't get wrinkled in the morning. Hair doesn't rub against silk either, so it won't get messy. Not all pillows guarantee sweet dreams. Some of them make you sleep in an unnatural position and don't support your head. The pillow itself isn't that likely to cause backache, but it can possibly worsen some of the old conditions. Without a pillow, you'll sleep in a more natural position, and you'll probably feel better in the morning. If you find it almost impossible to fall asleep, you're probably not tired. If you fail to fall asleep after 20 minutes, you should probably get up and do something relaxing. Some nice calming ambient music will do.
1: Hey! If you're using your phone to watch something and are tired of propping it up and having it fall back down, try using your sunglasses. Simply place them upside down and use the parts that go around your ears to hold the phone in place. You can put old newspaper at the bottom of your trash bags to absorb food juices. This way, when you come to take out the trash, you don't get that gross liquid dripping on your floor. If you have flowers that are starting to droop, try placing a copper coin in the water. Copper is a natural fungicide, so adding a penny to the water helps protect your flowers from bacteria. This way, your flowers will stay fresh for longer. You can use the spring from an old pen to stop your charger's wire bending and fraying. Just take out the spring and wrap it around the top of the wire near the connector. Moving objects through a door when it keeps closing is super annoying. So instead, tie a rubber band around the handle on each side of the door so that it crosses over the latch. The latch then won't be able to pop out and the door won't lock shut. You can use a paper clip to find the end of your tape. Simply place the clip under the end of the tape and you'll never have to hunt again. To check whether your bed sheets are fully dried, take a mirror and place it underneath. Leave it there for around 5 minutes, and if it steams up, it means the sheets are still damp. A damp bed can be a breeding ground for mold and other nasty fungi. Running a post-it note over your laptop keyboard will help get rid of the built-up grime and any pesky bits of food. Now wait, you don't actually eat at the computer, do you? Instead of filling your purse or wallet with store loyalty cards, you can take a photo of them. Just take one snap of the barcode, as well as a picture of the front, so you know which card it is. Then, when you visit the store, just scan the barcode on your phone to collect your points. Forgot to put your drink in the fridge? Wrap a wet paper towel around it and put it in the freezer. In just 15 minutes, your drink will be ice cold. You can paint the end of your keys with different colored nail polish so you can easily identify which key is which. To stop your wrapping paper from enrolling, you can cut open an old toilet paper roll and use it as a cup. In order to pour the perfect amount of oil or salad dressing, poke holes in the foil seal rather than removing it completely. This prevents a big amount rushing out quickly. To prevent band-aids from slipping off your finger, cut a line on either side. The band-aid, not the finger. This will create four smaller sticky strips rather than one large one, and it will be much easier to secure. When your candle is burned down and the wick is difficult to reach with a lighter, you can use a stick of spaghetti. Just light the end, and you'll have a longer stick that burns just as well so you can get to those hard-to-reach places. Secure a rubber band over the top of your paint can so that you can wipe excess paint onto it. This stops paint running down the sides of your can and keeps things neat and tidy. If you're struggling to get your taco shells to stay in place, use a muffin tray. Flip the tray upside down, spray it with oil, and place your tortillas in the gap. Cook them for around 10 minutes at 700 degrees for the perfect crispy taco shell. You can use a water bottle to separate egg yolks. Hold the bottle over the yolk and squeeze it to suck the yolk up. Drop it into a separate bowl and you're good to go. Looking for a lost earring or a pin on the floor? Place a stocking over the end of your vacuum and move it over the floor. The small object will get picked up without getting vacuumed. Next time you're struggling to clean your ceiling fan, use a pillowcase. Slide the pillowcase over each blade to wipe off the dust. This way, excess dust is caught inside the pillowcase and won't rain down on you. Poke a straw through your cherries to remove the stems. It's much quicker, and this way, you don't waste as much fruit. If you're struggling to put a bracelet on your own hand, try using a paper clip. Open up the paper clip and slip it through the loops on the end of your bracelet. Hold the clip in the middle of your hand with your fingers, then flip the bracelet around your wrist. You should then be able to easily clasp it shut. To properly clean your blender, fill it with soap and hot water. Switch it on for around 10 seconds and let the swirling water do the hard work. Then just rinse it off, and it's clean. Put down a strip of masking tape before nailing into plaster walls. The tape should stop the plaster from flaking or spreading dust all over the floor. When you're heating up leftovers, make a space in the middle with a spoon. The food will heat up much more evenly. Avoid the mess and frustration of peeling an orange by slicing off one end of the fruit. Then cut four to six slices and you'll find the peel will come off much easier. If you're struggling to use your butter because it's too cold, Try using a cheese grater. Just grate the butter to make your life much easier. You can make a DIY garden sprinkler using an old plastic bottle. Punch some holes all over the bottle and then tape it to the end of your hose pipe. If your shoes smell bad, put a few dry tea bags into the shoe. The tea bags will absorb the smell. Potato chips are a perfect fire starter. The fat, oil, and chemicals inside make them super easy to burn. And yet, we still eat them! Can you see the irony? Try using toothpaste to remove small scratches on furniture. Rub a pea-size amount on the scratch in a circular motion until the scratch buffs out. Then wipe it with a damp cloth, and voila! Candle wax that's been spilled on furniture can be removed with ice cubes. Rather than ruining the finish by trying to scrape it off, fill a plastic bag with ice and let it sit on the wax for a few minutes. The wax will then cool and harden, making it much easier to pick off. Drill a couple of small holes in the bottom of your trash can to stop the bag getting stuck when you pull it down. The holes stop the vacuum-like effect that keeps the bag pinned down. Crayon marks on the wall are a parent's nightmare but you can use a hairdryer to get them off. Heat the marks for a few seconds to soften the wax, and then you should be able to just wipe it away. If you don't have the correct size coin to put in your shopping cart next time you go to the supermarket, you can use your key instead. If you have a key with a rounded end, you can insert that where the coin would go, and the cart should unlock. You can easily remove the sticky residue from jars using cooking oil. Soak a cotton pad in some oil, then rub it on the sticky area. Allow it to sit for a few minutes, then it should wipe away easily. Attach a clothespin just under the head of your toothbrush to stop it from falling onto the dirty countertop. Maybe you should also clean your dirty countertop. To stop heavy flower pots from damaging your surfaces, stick furniture sliders to the bottom of the pot. You can use hair conditioner to make that new wool sweater less itchy just soak it in lukewarm water with a couple of tablespoons of conditioner and leave it for 15 minutes then just dry it and your sweater will be much softer you can even wear it while you
2: clean your dirty countertop store your cotton buds in a toothpick bottle this type of packaging usually has a dispenser in the lid It will allow you to pull out one cotton bud at a time, and you can be sure the remaining supply of your hygiene items is protected from dirt and water. Pretty handy, especially on the road. A toothpick container is also a great storage solution for glitter. Let's say you're going to a music festival. Put your glitter in the bottle and pour the needed amount through the small holes in the lid when you need it. And the rest of the time, the lid will protect your bag from spills. If you don't trust the design of your toothpick container, use some tape to secure the lid to the bottom part before you go. The ring holder on your phone case makes it easy to use your device with one hand. You can send texts, take selfies, and watch videos while lying on your sofa. But it turns out that ring holders can also help with cooking. Remove the ring and attach it to a standard metal jar lid. Place the lid vertically on the food you're currently slicing and hold it this way. Your fingers will be protected from accidents and the slices will be evenly sized. Tea candles usually come in small aluminum cups. When the wax burns out, you can take two cups and make a tiny box for storing small items, such as pushpins, jewelry, paper clips, and so on. First, remove the remaining wax. Clean the cups and make two small triangle folds opposite each other. This will make the diameter of the bottom cup slightly smaller than that of the top one. This top cup will serve as a lid. You can also use a small piece of tape to secure it to the bottom part. When you're going on vacation, you can store mini soap, picnic spices, vitamin pills and earplugs in such boxes. Don't forget to mark them with a permanent marker or stickers to avoid confusion on the way. A plastic toothbrush container makes a great travel box for small jewelry or memory cards. No need to spend tons of money on a fancy phone holder. Fold the temples of your sunglasses this way and put them on a flat horizontal surface. Now you can put your phone inside the emergency holder and shoot your TikToks right away. If you have an empty Tic Tac container at hand, this phone holder idea is for you. Cut the box into equal vertical parts, like this. Prepare a piece of cardboard slightly larger than your phone. Glue the Tic Tac halves to the cardboard so that your phone fits perfectly in the middle of this construction. Voila! Also, feel free to make the same holder for your tablet. But make sure that your gadget isn't too heavy for this construction. Here's another budget idea. Don't rush to throw away an empty tape roll. Use a ruler to mark two points on the opposite sides of the roll. Then, cut out two small inches that will hold your phone. Perfect balance and almost zero waste. Cut used plastic straws into small rings. Put two to three tablespoons of this stuff on a clean sheet of paper. Then, place a sheet of paper on top of it and iron the whole thing. The rings will stick together into a single piece of plastic. Cut out an even circle and you can use it as a coaster for glasses and mugs. Use a meat beater to decorate your cookies. Place equal balls of dough on a baking tray. Now, press them down with your favorite side of the beater. You can dip the beater in cinnamon before doing this to add flavor to your cookies. After baking, you'll get a pattern that can be covered with cream or honey. A simple plastic bottle cap can make a great emergency soap tray. Butter from the fridge is usually too hard and cold to use right away. There's a way to speed up the process. Fill a large mug with hot water and wait until the material it's made of heats up. Then pour the water out and cover the butter with the mug. The surface of the butter will melt and you'll be able to spread it on your toast with no problem. And if you need to soften the entire piece for baking, Cut the butter into small pieces and hold them under the hot mug for a bit longer. You can reuse a plastic lid of wet wipes. Remove it from the package and stick it to the hardcover of a sketchbook or notepad. Now you have a pocket to store small stationery, or you can secure two plastic lids together and get a comfy travel box for pills, earplugs, and other small objects. If you have a lot of old Lego pieces that you don't use, don't throw them away. Build a fancy birdhouse or a colorful pot for home plants. You don't need to use a single nail to build this storage system. Use double-sided tape or glue to stick a flat Lego panel on the wall next to your entrance door. Add this specific Lego piece to every keychain that belongs to you and your roommates. Now you can store all your keys in one place. Lego also makes a great book holder or a stand for mugs and candles. Have you run out of picture frames? No problem. Use two large clothespins as a stand. Attach them to the bottom edges of your image. And a creative picture frame is ready. You can make it more stable by gluing the photo to a piece of cardboard. You can also use the same construction as a napkin holder when you're dining outdoors. Remove the dispenser from your dishwashing gel or facial toner. Wash it very thoroughly. Now you can use it in the kitchen to squeeze ketchup and other sauces from the bottom of a bottle. Also, this device is handy when you decorate pastries with cream patterns. If you need an emergency dog bed, take a clean tire and put it in a large pillowcase. Add some toys and pillows. There you are. If you don't have any tires, A life buoy will also work. Here's an easy way to stay warm and cozy on a frosty night. Fill several plastic bottles with hot water. You don't need to boil it. Hot tap water is fine. Make sure the bottles are closed properly and put them on your bed under the blanket. They'll heat up the mattress very soon. You can put socks on the bottles to not burn your skin. And if it's extremely cold, fill a large canister with hot water. Wrap it in a wool sweater and hug it. Sweet dreams! Wanna know the best way to peel garlic? Put separated garlic heads in a saucepan and cover it with another saucepan. Now shake the entire construction vigorously, and the peel will fly off by itself. Don't rush to spoil your delicate cheesecake with an ordinary knife. Take a piece of dental floss, wrap its ends around your fingers, and cut your precious dessert without ruining its structure. This trick is also good for cutting Jello, tiramisu, and soft cheese. And here's a brand new butter cutting technique we should all adopt. Use a large knife to make such stars on the surface of your butter. This will make it way easier to cut the product into smaller pieces because this way, the butter will melt faster and these triangular shaped pieces of butter will be perfect for your toast. Here's another recipe for space lovers. To liven your breakfast up, arrange two and a half sausages into a star and use toothpicks to help them keep the needed shape. Break a few eggs into the middle of the star and fry this with the lid on until it's ready. Bon appetit! Use a potato or vegetable peeler to cut hard cheese. It seems that they're meant to be together.
1: That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay